Hey everybody, I'm Greg Soule and this is Why Am I, a podcast where I get to talk to interesting people and try and trace a path to where they find themselves today. My guest this go-around is Corey Easley. Corey is a man of many passions. He's a fitness professional, hilarious podcaster, no joke there, and a comic. He's uh, also a nurturer, though I don't think he would use those words. He'd likely say motivator. Uh, more than that, he's a work in progress. He's constantly trying to be a better version of himself. And guess what? He wants to bring you along with him. So I want you to stop, go subscribe to his podcast. Corey has a podcast right now, and then come back and finish listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy this chat with Corey. Corey Easley, thank you for joining me on the Why Am I podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So uh, I'd like to play this referral game where uh, I asked somebody to refer somebody to me. And so Rocky Powell, really hilarious, like really kind person, put me in touch with you, man. I'm so glad you got back to me. I know I was a little bit slow on responding sometimes. I do a lot of travel every now and then, but uh, uh, glad we ended up getting connected. But on this uh, podcast, you and I are strangers. And we are meeting each other. I'm going to say that we are standing in line for a Philly, right? Perfect Philly. And obviously, with it being the perfect Philly, he's a big line. So, you know, we're bullshitting. We're back and forth. I tell you who I am. I'm really boring. We get done with that really quick. (laughs) And now it's your turn, man. So who are you? I am Corey Easley. I am starving. I'm ready for this Philly. Um, I'm a guy (laughs) that knows a few people. I know Rocky Powell very well. Well, kind of, you know, we... We're in the same community, so we know a lot of the same people. So by association, she's a person that every single time I've had an interaction with her, um, I've always been like, man, Rocky is awesome. And I actually ran into her last night in person and was able to give her a real hug, not a virtual one. Oh, that's awesome. Um, So yeah, shout out to her for even connecting us. Now, I'm here on this Philly cheesesteak line and... (laughs) <laughs> who am I? I'm a guy who stares at the menu forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a guy who comes to the same place every day and will every single time stare at the menu like I'm going to order something different. And then by the time I get to the the register, I'm going to just say what I always say. <laughs> I'm going to order the exact same thing that I always order. I am a huge creature of habit. I don't know, man. I hear you saying that, but I've recently also been hearing you say stuff like you are taking active steps to like look and see when you are in those patterns and, and move in the opposite direction. Does that mean next time you're gonna you're actually gonna change up your order? It's funny, it's really hard. Like it's baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like every time I reach for a shirt to wear, I always go for the the black t-shirt right now i'm wearing a gray one <laughs> I, I do i was gonna say look at this black like all i wear are black t-shirts right or like i don't know sometimes i walk down first avenue instead of third right like so it's like switching up my path just like doing little things like that for me are huge um i just am so comfortable in in routines and it's like I, I'm trying to get less rigid. So yeah, I have talked about that a lot lately. Like I have talked about because I've found now that like just being closed off has only ever 
made me take a longer time to make progress in any area of my life. Hmm. Right. Like when I, before I started getting into improv and doing comedy, I kind of was just like a guy who hung out at the bar and went home and hung out at the bar and went home. And then I started doing comedy. Then I started getting invited to shows. I started watching shows and then I just like, uh, became a part of a community and developed this huge network of really cool friends from all different places all over the country, even some different parts of the world. And it's like, it's only like made my, my life more colorful. And uh, so, yeah, I have been actively trying to uh, not let myself stay closed off for whatever reason. I think fear of uncertainty will make you just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing I always do. Because yeah. I know I know this, you know, it's like being yeah. a cat and being and being in the same place all the time. You take a cat and move it to another place and the cat is like hiding under the bed or in the closet <laughs> for two weeks because it's like, well, what the hell is this? You know, I'm very similar to that. But I mean, that's like so human. I mean, that's, that's all it is, right? It's like we're, I think we're like evolved like we have evolved to be f afraid of change, right? Because there's danger, right? You know, in, in unsafety and like things I don't know. But usually I find like when people like yourself are like really starting to open up and kind of explore, there was like some kind of catalyst. Do you think that was um, meeting all these new people, you know, and like getting all these different worldviews and opinions and viewpoints? And I think I had to, um, my best friend's name is Frank Bratton. I used to call him Turtle. I called him Turtle for years. He hated it after a while because he looked ex he like one day showed up dressed like Jerry Ferrara from Entourage, and <laughs> and then I called him Turtle, and then everybody, including my mom and dad, like he's been my best friend since we were fifteen, and uh, now we're in our thirties, and I, he doesn't want to be called Turtle anymore. I get it, <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of. You know, you. I think you can tell someone's a good friend when they see your potential even more than you do. Hmm. And they see you not being the best version of yourself that you can be. Hmm. And they start like encouraging you, even kind of getting mad at you for, for not doing it. You know what I mean? Like, and, that, and that's just, that may not be what everybody responds to, but I respond to that. Like I respond to someone getting upset at me for, you know, being, uh, you know, being a piece of shit for lack of a better, <laughs> like, I, I think, and it takes in the moment, I might be defensive, like, how dare you come at me this way. But in time, I, I, I learned to appreciate, oh, these people want better for me. So I think the catalyst was kind of just me getting to a place where I had a chip on my shoulder as a young man. And as I like got into college and stuff, I kind of was just like me against the world attitude, which does not serve anybody. <laughs> and uh, when you kind of just get humbled by like shit happening to you because you realize like, oh, I don't know it all like I thought I did and I can't handle everything. And sometimes I do need help and people to lean on. I think I got, and I'm going to try to be as not, I'm going to try to be as a, uh, specific as I can. 
because being vague is annoying and I keep getting annoyed at myself for being vague. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you just need enough things to happen to you. Like I think for a long time I was upset at my parents for my upbringing. Um, Not necessarily because I just grew up in, in a bad neighborhood and, Mm. I, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and I was wanted to do things that we couldn't do because we couldn't afford to do them. Mm. And, uh, as I got older, I'm like, Oh, these people were adults trying to make it and take care of other kids too. Like I get that. And, you know, my relationship with my dad wasn't great because my mom and dad didn't have a great relationship. So like I spent like my teens up till I was in college, like being upset at both of my parents. And then, getting into like hanging out at bars and drinking and kind of like starting to get this attitude. Like I was the man cause I was out meeting all these girls and having a good time and getting hammered. Cause I watched the real world on, <laughs> on MTV mm-hmm. when I was growing up and I was like, yeah, when I get older, I'm going to be out there partying with all these girls and hooking up and making people mad at me. Cause I just decided, cause you know what we'll find, just deal with my personality, right? Like a big baby. And um, I think I needed to, and then I lived on my own too. So like, I didn't have anyone really supervising my behavior. I had no one to answer to. I think when you have someone to answer to, you're a little bit more uh, considerate of other people's response to like your actions. I had no one to answer to. So even if I was a complete prick, I, I didn't care sometimes. And I was never really like a prick per se. But I just was just continuing on this behavior and this cycle of like not having healthy relationships with the women I was dating and drinking too much and not taking care of myself, working at jobs. I didn't necessarily want to work at, but they paid me. But then I started like, you know, ignoring the fact that like I could make changes to that area, but I'd rather just go party and hang out and ignore it, wake up and just be miserable. And I just got, I became so unhappy. I think that's where I was trying to get to. (laughs) I became so unhappy with myself eventually that I I needed to find something to, to like add some kind of fun to my life. So like my, my boy was like, yo, you got to come do improv, come get into this comedy scene. And that's like where I met Rocky and, and a lot of other people that mm-hmm. are still really good friends that I'm still really good friends with today. Um, and so I went down to the pit and started doing some improv and just hanging out. Initially, I was just at the bar for like a year. Like I was just hanging out at the bar and I knew everybody because <laughs> I was just around all the time. Um, Cause the community is just welcoming and we all, like to laugh and we all like to Mm -hmm. escape reality right um and i started like seeing what it was like to just be around all these different people and i think that really showed me that showed me like oh you it showed me it did show me like new perspectives and things like that and then but then i just got into this then it just became like I started not doing as many shows and like not doing classes and really just kind of hanging out and drink. And people would be like, yo, you want to jump in this show? And I'd be like, at the bar looking at my drink, like, no, I think I just want to sit here and do this. 
and maybe some girl will come out and I'll hit on her and we'll just like, we'll hang out or something. <laughs> like, I just realized that I'm doing this, but I'm not even really doing it. Mm. And I've, and I've been given so many opportunities to like, I was in like this off Broadway play one time and everything for me was just around, can I get as drunk as possible and be functional enough to get what's expected of me done and then still like have the same kind of fun I was trying to have, like I'm on the real world. Um, so there was no focus. I think I kind of like, just kind of let the same shit happen because it's just easy for me to fall back into the same patterns because it's comfortable. Hmm. So you when think I started partying and drinking was kind of, you think you were sort of self-medicating? Absolutely. Yeah. Trying to avoid something. You know, it's interesting. You said you were, you were like there at the improv scene, you were doing it, but not fully committed. I mean, do you think that was, you think that was a little bit of fear? Like what if I'm not good enough or, you know, oh yeah. I mean, where where this, was it kind of that that self doubt, those voices? Oh man, I'm so happy that you asked that question. Because yes, like I, I was around all these people that I was a huge fan of. Like I'm not right. someone who's afraid to be next to somebody who's my peer who likes and respects me too, just mm-hmm. in general. Like person like I'm not afraid to let them know that I'm a huge fan of them. Mm-hmm. Like whether they're selling out Madison Square Garden or at some like bullshit hole in the wall basement bar on stage like I know how talented you are mm-hmm. like when people talk about like yo there's people in the hood that are better basketball players than Michael Jordan you know what I mean like I will support you at that level and I was around all these people that were so talented to me just like so funny and I just respected them so much I was like who the hell am I like <laughs> like who cares about what I'm doing? And I just never quite felt like I was able to drop my fear. Like I had this, like I had this like need to just never lose my cool, not in a lose my cool freak out way, but just in a, I I had too much shame, which is weird because I'm shameless about a lot of shit. (laughs) Like, I have no issue talking about my shortcomings or things like that, like casually, like I'll casually sit here and admit to things that I know I suck at, or I know I need improvement or whatever. But for some reason I can never get to a place where I felt comfortable being as weird as I am in front of people. Right. Like I never felt like, like there's like very few, like my cat gets to see how weird I am. Cause she's my roommate, <laughs> you know, but like, I, even if you knew me like face to face in person and we're like in the corner of the bar laughing and joking about something, we're getting deep and we've spent time and like the walls come down. I, I would see these people just like effortlessly make fools of themselves for comedy's sake. And I thought it was amazing. And I was just like, when am I ever going to just stop needing to be cool? When am I going to shed this layer of bullshit skin, this fake, this facade of me being this like cool guy. For what? For who? Or maybe I'm just embarrassed. Maybe I'm just as afraid as everybody else. I'm not this tough guy. I think coming to terms with that made me also feel like 
able to say maybe this is not maybe i don't like want to do this maybe i'm just a huge fan of this and mm -hmm. i could just respectfully just watch it and appreciate it i don't maybe i don't have to do improv i did do a storytelling show that i felt really uh and we did this show once a month for three years it's called good bad stories where me and my best friend frank we would have eight comedians everyone would write their own five minute story fictional story doesn't matter what it is they got ridiculous we'd go in the green room right before the show and we'd swap out everybody's stories so you'd go cold read someone else's story on stage for an audience everybody'd have drinks and it would be it was great it was a really good time and i loved hosting that but um just the level of like you know, you know when you like were a little kid and you like watched Ace Ventura and you're just like, Jesus Christ, this guy fully commits. Guy yeah, commits. I could never commit that hard. <laughs> I was just too afraid. I was just afraid, and it made me feel like a little kid. It made me feel like I was scared to do the monkey bars or some shit because I thought I was gonna fall off the fucking this the thing. Like I was just so terrified to be that vulnerable. Vulnerability is a thing that I struggle with. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody does to some extent or another, right? Like, so <laughs> I, I, I know this isn't even comparable, but I play uh, Dungeons and Dragons sometimes with like some of my friends and stuff, you know, and these assholes like fully commit full accent acting fools and they could just do it. And there's something inside of my body that just like physically, it's like I'm wearing a seatbelt. Like it physically yeah. prevents me. It stops. And I, I want to, like, I want to do that, but there's just some, and I know like growing up um, as a little kid, you know, I mean, everybody's got their shit they go through. Right. And so I was in some environments where like, it wasn't always safe to be who you were or to oh, show yeah. any emotion. Right. You always had to be like cold and you always had to be in control. And that's still part of me, like needing to be in control of my emotions and stuff like that, you know? Um, and that stuff is just, it's like so deep. It's hard to kind of let, you know, it's like once you put that armor on and you have to live in it for so long, it's like, how do you, how do you learn to take that off? Like, you know, cause it's so scary and dangerous. It's terrifying. Yeah, man. It's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I remember, yeah, exactly. Like coming from that environment where like the big kids would make fun of you forever or beat you up yeah. or embarrass you in front of everybody yeah. or like whatever it was. It's like, for some reason, like there is no big kid. I'm the biggest kid here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what am I afraid of? Yeah. But I'm just so conditioned to like be on guard all the time. I talked to uh, somebody named Staza and she is like uh, a trained clown, like circus clown. I was like, ah. To me, that is like on a whole different level. It's like, how do you do that? She's like, it's suspension of ego. Like you stop being yourself, you start oh, yeah. being somebody else. And I, I guess, you know, maybe like I'm trying to learn, like if I can sort of suspend that part of me, maybe who I really am will start kind of creeping towards that, you know, and so maybe I'll meet in the middle a little bit. It hadn't happened yet. It's happening more all the time, but I can't fully, I can't fully commit yet. Like I'm trying. Well it's gotta be some form of training, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, um, I'm a fitness coach, I'm a fitness professional. And you, you know, I see people over like the course of months to a year to years make these changes, but you got to commit to it. Right. Like, and I know that. So I think you can do that. I think you can, uh, 
meet yourself in the middle and start moving in, in that direction a hundred percent it's like but are you going to commit to it you know like it really it takes practice and when it gets it hard practice. it's so easy to fall back in our old routines right and just yeah nah, i'm not gonna do that today i mean i used to tell myself really dumb shit like oh well the reason i'm not a good actor is because and i'm a horrible actor by the way <laughs> just want everyone to know that. um also if there's a camera around i can't not look directly at it <laughs> like it's like i know it's there yeah um, oh i'm not i'm not staring at the video of you i'm staring at myself as i'm talking here just so you know yeah it's like do i need more chapstick I was, I, <laughs> when there's a camera around i'm like i'm like austin powers when the dude had a mole i'm just like <laughs> i'm just i can't ignore it but um yeah i used to tell myself dumb shit like well the reason i'm not a good actor is because i don't know how to be anything but me so i'm authentic and real so fuck that right and but that's just stupid that's my ego going you know what you're bad at something you just can't accept that you're bad. Just admit it. You're not good at this thing. You know what else I'm not good at? Basketball. I can't shoot a jump shot. I got no handle. Right? <laughs> you know what I don't do? Play basketball. I think as an adult, <laughs> you're you're you you avoid you can. You have the luxury of as an adult of avoiding doing shit you're not good at. So nobody gets to see you suck. Hmm. So whenever you're in a position where people can see you suck, it is it's horrible. Hmm. It's like, not only do I suck, but there are witnesses. And we think that everybody's going to go home and still think about how much we sucked. It's like, no, that whoever saw you forgot about that shit the second they left. Yeah. You know, unless you did something like unless you like shit your pants in front of everybody, <laughs> which how can you not go tell a bunch of people about that? Yeah. But or, or unless you like slap Chris Rock on stage or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. nobody's thinking about you as much as you think they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can walk, I can walk through the grocery store and I'll see somebody, you know, who's shuffling around in bunny slippers and stuff. And for that two seconds, I'm like, you know, I mean, at least put in a little effort, put in a little effort, show me that you what? care at least the slightest bit. But then as soon as I, they're out of my vision, like I don't care anymore. And yeah, they right. don't exist in my world. There's a there's a DVD store. These still exist, and it is it is in it's like in Chelsea, and I work down there. And it's on I believe I want to say Seventh Ave. No, it's on Sixth, and I think it's between. I'm really shouting this place out. It's between Twenty Third and Twenty Fourth. And it's one of those stores that they sell everything, right? Like you look in the window, there's mannequins wearing lingerie. I gotcha. Maybe there's a booth in the back with a little hole in the wall or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but they have. You could also go there and buy a case for your cell phone and things like that. So, but the name of the store, but they sell DVDs. The name of the store is Video Video. And every time I see that, I'm like, they're not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even trying. And that's what I think whenever I see someone not trying. I'm like, man, this is some real video, video shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. That's wild. So earlier you were talking about shame and like how, you know, you like were feeling shame and stuff like that. I know... Um, 
I had some of that like leftover uh, from being a kid. I don't think it was like a hundred percent my mom, but like I kind of grew up in the church and that's one of their big tools, right? It's like shame. Like, you know, oh, yeah. be shameful for doing this or feeling this way, which is crazy because, you know, your biology 100% makes you feel these ways. And so it's like, you know, I'm supposed to feel shameful for who I am. But that's one of the residuals that I carry over uh, from from those early days. Is that is that where that came from for you? Or did you just kind of organically decide to feel shame for yourself? I think that's like some kind of form of psychological <laughs> warfare that these guys use. Well, you know, what's funny is, um, so I always, my mom is like a fake church person. She, yeah. she used to try to like make us go to church, but then I would like also hear her dropping F-bombs and shit like, <laughs> <laughs> like after we left. I'm like, you know, if what that dude was saying is true, then God can still hear you. So why the fuck were we just in there? <laughs> it's my day off see this is the thing right I think like I, I felt like an idiot but I also felt like I was really smart <laughs> and uh, when I was a kid it's just like why am I in school every day for all this time and I get it you gotta go to work and I need to get an education but I gotta go home and do homework and then I got two days Saturday and Sunday, and you yep. want me to go to church? <laughs> you want me to sit down and stand up as many times as the guy tells me to sit down and stand up, which also I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that. Um, but yeah, I was in the church, and you know they make you feel guilty about. I'm, I'm sure that that played a role in it. I think I, especially being in the church, being a you know, young minority kid from the Bronx, like you kind of just always felt like you were, you had to be wary of the police. Like you had to, <laughs> like any authority figure, you had to like, I just always wanted it to be clear that I wasn't doing anything wrong hmm. all the time. Like that, like that guilt or just like fear of doing something wrong was just always there and then being in the church and I actually went to public school and Catholic school. So like that Catholic school thing and Catholic school is weird. Catholic, you know, if you're Catholic, whatever, that's cool. <laughs> Catholic school is, this is my opinion. Catholic school is weird and they do this weird shit where they like have, they want to have a say in shit you do with your body. Like from getting tattoos to piercings to having sex and all this shit like oh you can't have sex unless you marry somebody or don't jerk off or don't get an abortion it's like why are you that concerned with what i'm doing with my body you know what i mean i always thought that was kind of weird i think that was kind of where my uh, problem <laughs> with authority kind of stemmed from because I hated the idea that people <laughs> that were just also people had the audacity to tell me what to do like I'm like I'm sure if I followed this guy around for like a week two weeks I would watch him do a bunch of shady shit that he didn't mm -hmm. want other people to see him do it not necessarily like evil or criminal shit but just do shit that like he would tell people not to do Right, 
Right. Do as I say, not as I do sort of do thing. Do as I say, not as I do. How many times have you walked past the hospital and seen a bunch of doctors outside smoking cigarettes? How many times? <laughs> and then they go time. upstairs and they go, hey, you should uh, you should probably quit smoking because you're going to get lung cancer. It's like, are you immune to lung cancer? Or like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I just, I feel like unless you're some like something else from a different, like unless you're some otherworldly being, I don't feel, I feel like there's like a limitation to what you should be telling other motherfuckers to do. Yeah. Well, not only telling them what to do, but you're telling them how to think and how to feel. And it's, yeah. it's like, that's not for me. You know what I mean? It's like right. some stranger doesn't have any clue of what I've been through, what I've seen, what I know and what's in my head to tell me how to think and feel. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. like you have the gall to tell me that, you know my life, right? And yeah. that you know what's best for me. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure you don't. It's so. like, listen, don't murder anybody. <laughs> don't don't steal shit from people. Yeah. Like basic stuff, right? Don't run into somebody's house and fight. like but all the other like extra shit. It's just like I just I just don't like feeling like people are trying to control me. But at the same time, that you can go so extreme in the other direction, like nobody's gonna control me. Yeah, and then yeah. start like being this like anti like society and order. Yeah. You live out on person. a compound somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, I would never be that guy too. Like, I, you know, I, I think that we need structure. I think that we need, there's crazy people that belong in behind bars. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be just walking around on the street where my grandma goes to go buy her groceries and shit. You know, they, that person shouldn't be around, around other people. Like, if you're a danger to others, then that's something else. But, you know, and you can, I think, I think, you know, it's funny though. I'm, and I'm having this thought for the first time, <laughs> for the first time right now, I do want to say this. I think that the church in general, not necessarily Catholicism, but I think the thing with religion is that it does give a lot of people. I think people need something to believe in. And I think people, um, you know, want to have hope and it keeps people in line in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Like it would stop you from doing bad things. If if you treat it that way, then I think it works in a positive way for everyone. If yeah. whatever your religion is, if you live by it, you do good. You know what I mean? But then there's people that don't, There's because there's people that come out of it and go completely the other, other directions. So. Yeah. I I mean, I think I probably have a similar philosophy. Mine is if you have a religion and it brings you hope, peace, happiness, and it doesn't, you don't hurt anybody else because of it. It's like more power, man. I don't care what you believe in. If it makes you able to get through the day, you know, without hurting yeah. anybody else, it makes you happy, brings you peace. Man, I'm all for it. The thing is like, I guess my religion is like love. Like I, I love other people and I want to treat them kindly and do good by them. And it's funny because my religion allows you to believe whatever you want if it makes you happy. The rub for me is other people have these belief systems that say ours is the only one that's right. So you're doing something wrong and you're wrong in this right. way. No. And I, I'm not for that. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. And it's funny, like we live in a world where there's people out there that would say 
fuck this guy for saying he believes in love. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, I think that's a great way. Like, I can sit down, right now I'm reading, not not a, a novel, I'm reading Cable and Deadpool, um, the run of Cable and Deadpool from Marvel Comics, where they're, these two guys are kind of stuck with each other because of something that happened. I don't want to give it away in case anyone decides to read this, but I'm really into it. But there's, I'm, I'm like looking at these characters and there's these themes in it that are really powerful themes. Like you got a guy who's very powerful. He's from the future and he's coming to the past to make the world right so the future doesn't go to shit. And he's trying to unify people, but some people are not happy with the way he's doing it. And it's like, it's just so comparable to like, the world all the time i think that's always going to happen i think the best book that has ever been written is lord of the flies let's uh someone where like a bunch of little kids are on an island somewhere right yeah that's when they're stuck on an island what makes it the best book like like what is it about it I, i think it's so applicable to so many different situations like it's how the world is it, it kind of like shows human nature in a in a really raw way but like with these kids like somebody's got to be in charge but somebody else wants to be in charge because that always happens always and they have very little and they're all afraid so you're in like the circumstances are like people really reveal themselves when they don't have a lot of options and they're afraid and they there's no leader there's no order it's just pure chaos and you know some kid dies in the book because he gets killed by some other kids you know and just this whole like people are looking to be led and then there's but then but there's so many people want to to be a leader and not everyone is fit to do so Hmm. and i think that that's always going to happen too right so i love that book because of that and i probably read it when i was in fifth grade and never touched it again so anybody who's recently read it that's listening to this and is like well yeah kind of you get you get what i'm talking about but you should check it out it's a uh i think it's the best book I've ever, I think it's an important book to read. If you're going to be a person. Really? Yeah. Like, what is it? Did it reveal some things about yourself and the way you thought and felt that made sense to you? Or just, well, you, do know, you think it was more about the people around you? Well, when you watch something, it's kind of like it go. it's, it's in everything. It's in like, like look at like the walking dead, right? When it's like, you're not afraid of the zombies because they're mindless zombies. You're afraid of other people because you encounter them and you don't know if you can trust them. And maybe you can, but maybe you can't. <laughs> and just uh, it just talked about, it just kind of, to me, showed like human nature a little bit in a cool way. Not in a way where it's like, I don't trust anyone. But just in a way where it's like, it's interesting the types of choices people make. I think when I watch stuff, I like to put myself 
in this situation and wonder what I would do. Because I think that like, if you can be at a level where like you understand that the person that needs to be in charge is should be that person, like that's the right person to be in charge, then you then you'd be okay. But I think you start causing problems for everyone when there is a person that should be in charge, but you think you're the <laughs> you think you're the person that should be in charge, and um, and Do you, you find- don't really have any. Do you find yeah, yourself wanting to be the person in charge most often? Um, the only time I'd ever want to be in charge, this is the thing, I don't want to be in charge because there's too much responsibility, right? I would rather <laughs> I, I would rather go, is the person in charge making sure that I don't have to be looking over my shoulder every two seconds? Okay, cool. Then that's the person that should be in charge. Hmm. That's That's it. You know, I, I don't need to be in charge. I think if you asked me that question, maybe like five or six years ago, I'd be like, yeah, I'm the person for the job. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't believe you even asked me that question. But at this point, I understand that I, I shouldn't be in charge. <laughs> I don't know. Unless see, they wanted me to be. Maybe see, that's the thing. Well, see, that to me, that's it's interesting. So I, I never really wanted to necessarily be in charge. I just didn't want anybody telling me what to do. Right. And so it's sort of tricky there. And my wife one time told me, said, if you don't want a boss, you have to be the boss. It was like, there's really no two ways about it. Right. And uh, so I reluctantly started working my way that direction. And I think like if you're in your position where you're like, I don't necessarily want this, that makes you more aware of what you're doing and how you're treating other people. And that actually makes you more fit to be a boss, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? But like the guy that's like, I deserve this. This is where I should be they're usually less empathetic, right? Like they're not thinking like, how are my actions making other people feel and stuff like that. So it's, it's sort of a weird catch 22 scenario. Totally. Totally. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing, right? So in, in what I do for a living and everything, and just like the, the journey I've been on, like I'm in therapy, which is great. And that's something I avoided for a long, for a long time. Um, and like what you said earlier, I want to go back to you said that you feel like your your religion is love, yeah. right? And I love that you can say that confidently and knowing you believe that. I think that that's really important because like, I feel like not enough dudes are walking around saying things like that, you know? And I think that we should be. Like I say this all the time. I feel incredibly lucky that my job is to help people feel good about themselves, gain mm-hmm. confidence, learn that they can do things that they never imagined that they could do. Mm. Like, and watch the look on their face and watch them, watch the joy of seeing someone discover their potential. Like, to me, I, I could make minimum wage doing that shit. Like, I could, like, I'd volunteer to do that. I, I I love that I get to help people that much. That's my favorite thing in the world. Like, and I think in the la- over the last couple of years, so I haven't had a drink in a year and a half. Um, I was a really heavy drinker, and I was, and I became really depressed as a result. I, I had a lot of uh, just self-destructive habits, right? Mm 
drink, drinking and drugs and things like this. But um, now I'm able to really kind of like focus and be present and in my relationships with my friends and my family and also my relationship with myself. Like I care about sleeping well, <laughs> you know, yeah. but um, it makes me the better version of me where I can now go out and talk to people like, yo, you got this, you can do this. Stop getting in your own way. And I don't want to be annoying about this shit. Cause I know what it's like to hear somebody tell you how good you are. And you'd be like, shut up. I know how, I know what I can do. I'm just not ready <laughs> to do it yet. <laughs> and it's like, all right, man, whatever. I'm just letting you know. You know, and, I, and as much as I could be there for people, I think I really found that. I found that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, you, you know, when you do something, you feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. I feel like that every day. And mm. I don't care. Like, like you, like you said, my religion is love. Yo, I, and I believe you. Yo, I really love that I get to make people feel good about themselves every day. Mm. Like, it's awesome. a privilege to me. So when you you first started doing this, like, I'm sure it felt weird to like encourage people and say, you know, that like positive, like, I see you doing that. You're doing a great job. Like, like what you did right there. Perfect. I want you to keep doing like stuff like that. Was that sort of, did that feel a little unnatural? Like just being positive and like genuinely meaning it when you're saying it, you know, because that kind of comes back to that being vulnerable a little bit, right? It's like, I'm telling you nice things and you might throw that back in my face. You know, I think there's an approach, right? I think there's a comfort level. Um, I've been told this. I don't necessarily believe or not believe this, but I've been told, <laughs> I've been told that I'm that I have a disarm disarming like aspect of my personality. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Where, step one, yeah. you are fine as shit, dude. You are good looking, dude. So immediately, <laughs> that puts people at ease. Like, all right, I need to know this guy. <laughs> 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 Thank you. But like when I'm when I'm talking to people, I don't feel it's not the same way as I'm on stage for some reason. All right. When I was in when I was in fifth grade, I was sitting at the table. I ate one of those fake hot pockets. It didn't sit right with me. Everybody was around me and I vomited on the table in front of everybody, <laughs> including all the cute girls in class. And all my friends. <laughs> now, luckily, one of my friends put his Superman cape on and shit his pants in the lunchroom one day and everybody forgot about me vomiting on the table. <laughs> uh. But until that happened, I just was the dude who ruined everybody's lunch. And then I get on stage and I'm like, well shit, that dude was really funny. I'm not, I don't know if I'm gonna have that, yeah. right? So that fear was there. If I'm working with somebody, this is, it, it, I'm so passionate about helping someone in, in, in what I do now that I don't even think about if it feels, I, I feel like when you know you mean what you say, the authenticity is there. No one is looking at you like, oh, it sounds weird. Yeah, I've seen group fitness classes and shit where people are like, all right, guys, you're doing great. And they're not necessarily doing great, but it's something you say, Yeah. right? It's like when you see someone that you haven't seen, them, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm great, how are you? And it's like, but maybe you're not really great. You're just not really going to have a real conversation in passing. But when I'm talking to someone and I'm like encouraging them, I'll tell you, I'm like, I won't say shit 
if you're doing poorly sometimes. I'll wait till next time when you're doing better. And I'll be like, yo, listen, last time that it didn't look good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're getting somewhere. All right. Yeah. Just keep coming back. Keep coming back because you need this in your life. Like at the end of the day, it's more than for me. And especially like thinking about my journey and we're all different again. Like mm-hmm. I had to go, I'm still, I'm not some perfect product. I'm working on myself. Right. Like, and we all have our own hurdles, but if you can get to a place where like, I feel like if I'm up on a platform and I could like start like reaching down and helping other motherfuckers get up to that platform too, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not just going to step back and have my espresso and sit in my high chair, swinging my leg. Like (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Like I'm going to reach down and pick other people up too. So, well, um, but a lot of people are like, I want to be the best. I want to be on top of everybody else. And they don't realize that by bringing other people up with you, you know, you, like you just get that much stronger. So it's, I mean, that's, I'm not saying it's a, a unique characteristic, but you just don't see it as much anymore. People that genuinely want other people to like, come on, man, I want you to be better than me. Not just come with me, but I want you to be better than me, you know? I think there's, I think you're right. But I, the, the issue is like, I don't think it's any, it's from a malicious place either. I think it's shit's different now. Like, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, there was no Instagram. There was no, like Facebook came out when I was an adult, Yeah, you know, like, and all that stuff. So I think we just are so like, we're just so aware of what everybody, we have so much access to everybody all the time that instead of wanting to help each other, we just are like competing with each other silently Mm. all the time. Like, have you ever been like you, you see, I've heard friends tell me like, Oh, you know, my girl saw this guy on vacation with his girl. Now she wants to go on vacation. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's how it goes. Right. Like, or, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this person had a baby and now we want to have a baby. Like, or it's just all of this. I got to do what this person is doing. Cause that's what, that's, what's going to make me happy. You know what I mean? Like we will just completely ignore shit that we have like internally going on or like try. I don't want to be one of those people that sounds like I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking about trauma, you know, like, but like we'll have stuff that we need to deal with that's our own bullshit mm-hmm. and we won't deal with it. We just like we'll keep like adding stuff to our basket. Like we're walking through Walmart or some shit and we're just like, <laughs> maybe this, maybe I want this or maybe I like that. Maybe I'll try this, which is cool. But also like, what about the shit at the very base layer of that cart that you just decided to, to ignore? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you got an open wound and rather than going to the doctor and getting it sewn up, you're just like, maybe if I just uh, keep taking some more Advil, like, uh, you know, I don't think about it. Just ignore it. I know a guy who walked around with a broken arm. He just had a broken arm and it got slammed in one of those big metal doors, I think. A friend of mine, his dad, and he just had this broken arm and never went, never went and got it like attended to and then yeah. he just walks around he's got this one arm that's like kind of bent and up 
a little bit. Like he's shrugging on one. It's wild, man. And I'm just like, that's what people do, though. People do that shit with like, with everything. Like, how, like the expression, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. You got motherfuckers walking around with broken arms, <laughs> just everywhere. And that's on them. Like at the end of the day, you can choose to do whatever you want. Obviously, right? Like if. I wanted everyone to be like me. I would just be the Catholic church. <laughs> I would, I would be them. It's like, I can't, but if people are looking at you for help or guidance or just love and attention, I think mostly what I find is people just want to be heard. Yeah. I think my, my biggest issue as a child is I was the first kid in my family and all these adults and none of these people would listen to me because I was a little boy to the point, which also did not contribute to me having a chip on my shoulder as a man, like, no, shut up. I'm talking now. And it's like, so now I got, I went to this extreme other direction of like speaking over everyone because I was never heard before. Hmm. And I think you've got a lot of that too. Right. But again, I'm sitting here talking about it. People don't. So when you were a kid, did you get a lot of motivation, encouragement, like people telling you, man, you can do this. Let's, let's work through this thing. Well, you know, my mom was super nurturing. She was very, my mom, my mom like loves. So like, she'll take the skin off of her back if you need some back skin, mm. you know, like my mom and she still is like that, you know, to her own detriment. Like she just, you know, she's, she's cares for the people she loves a lot and my dad you know he he was very man's man and they weren't together but like whenever I got to be around him which I'm fortunate that me and my dad are fucking buddies now like with me and my uh, dad are cool. tight um, but he was always, always afraid of him I always was afraid that I was disappointing him I was afraid that I wasn't tough enough I was afraid that I was too soft. I was afraid that I wasn't a good athlete. I was afraid that I wasn't good looking. All this shit. Like, I was like, you know, I want to be like a, you know, my dad thinks I should, you know, have like a really hot girlfriend and be a superstar athlete and be a tough guy. And I um, never felt like I lived up to that until I became like, okay with not giving a shit about what my dad thinks <laughs> to some extent i do care about what both of my parents think because i love them very much but it doesn't control what i do i'm a man i'm in my 30s i'm not looking at my parents for approval but um were they encouraging yeah i mean i was a really smart kid i was in all honors classes when i by the time i was a senior in high school i was taking college courses and things like that like they knew I was a smart kid. I think that there were other expectations that I assumed that they had of me that I wasn't meeting. Right. And I, I can tell now that I'm so hard on myself when I slip up or don't do that well at something now. Like I'm harder on myself than anyone could ever be. So was it less than like saying stuff and more just you like inventing all this stuff in your head like man i gotta be this i gotta be that i had to be well because this is the thing i you know i grew up 
in the projects in the Bronx and there's kids that I went to school with that I sat down in class with that are like in prison or strung out on drugs or are drug dealers or in gangs, you know, and I could have very easily become one of those kids. I was friends with them. I know their moms. My moms are friends with their mom. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, hearing gunshots and shit all the time, you just become familiar with that. And I felt like there's no way that I was going to be that, like living like that for the rest of my life. It made me angry. It made me afraid. It made me develop an outer shell that was like ready to throw hands at any time I needed to. Um, and I didn't want to have to live like that. I didn't want to have to be ready to fight all the time. So I think I kind of developed that within myself. Hmm. I think you can tell, how, like, based on the the types of role models that you decide to look up to, I think, like, it kind of shows you a little bit who, what you want to be like right like the people that you admire you kind of emulate those people especially as a young kid right you know like well, i love who are you looking up to yo i love like spider-man and shit you know batman was always cool to me but like i loved like superheroes like that and the reason i loved spider-man so much was because what number one i'm a native new yorker and he's from queens yeah yeah but also I just like that, although, you know, he's a fuck, he's slinging webs and climbing up walls and shit. <laughs> I liked his, uh, his personal life was just so real. Like he had people that he loved and that loved him. And he was so selfless in a lot of the things he did. But he was just always put in these really sticky situations, so to speak. And, and, uh, he would always just somehow just figure out how to do the right thing, or at least he would try to, Mm. you know? And I think seeing my mom too, kind of just be the person she is and be as strong as she is made me, made it really important to me to no matter what, no matter like whatever I'm doing to do the right thing. Like to me, like my conscience would eat me up if I didn't do the right thing. So on even small shit, like 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 shit that doesn't even matter. Like if I like if my gum wrapper flew out of my pocket and started like I would chase it down the street so that I could throw it in the trash can. Like little dumb shit like that. Because one day my dad yelled at me because I threw something on the ground. When I was a kid, he's like, "Pick that shit up," <laughs> and I was like, "All right, well, I'm not littering," and it worked. Hmm. There's a there's a book I read called Leadership and Self Deception. It was like one of those like business make you better things or whatever. You know, all those I've I've read they really boil down to like a couple things. It's like one, don't be an asshole as a boss. If you are, apologize and mean it, right, and try not to do it again. And then like third is just like realize that people are human, you know, just like you and they have like thoughts and feelings and stuff and try and take that into account. But um, one of the parts in there was about self-deception and it was really, it boiled down to 
Like as soon as you know what the right thing is in, in your head, you do that thing. If you go against what you know is right, like nothing good's going to come from it, right? Just bad oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like instant karma, but you know, it goes wrong. Well, you know, like like when like when I ate that hot pocket, and I immediately knew that I was gonna <laughs> gonna vomit in front of everybody. <laughs> like I just knew as soon as it, as soon as I got halfway through it, I was like, oh, this isn't gonna work, and it didn't work. <laughs> and I made sure everybody also at the table knew that it didn't work. But yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the thing is, when you are trying to do the right thing, sometimes it is the most uncomfortable thing to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't call it the easy thing or the fun thing. It's called the right thing, right? Yeah. Doing the right thing is fucking hard. And you got to go out of your way sometimes. But, you know, once you, once it's done, but that's the thing, right? Like, everybody's life is different. You know, there's people that I know they did the right thing because they posted on Instagram how they did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually on a social media hiatus, but I do find myself constantly bashing Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, man, like social media has never gotten its hooks in me. Like for whatever reason, like that doesn't, you know, it just doesn't really appeal to me. I have wasted time on it. I'm not going to lie to you, but there's no like draw, uh, for me in that now that I'm doing a podcast, I have to, you know, like maintain and get in there and do that stuff. And that's fine and all. It's just, I don't know, man. Like it's, uh, for me, like the podcasting, it's my least favorite part of probably the entire process is that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so I just released my hundredth episode of my podcast and, uh, I've been on a break for two months. Like I've been just off. Of the of the Instagram, I don't have Facebook. I don't deal with Facebook. Facebook is stupid to me. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, it's. And then my mom does this thing where she's like, "Did you see this thing?" I'm like, "I've told you for like five years that I don't have Facebook." <laughs> so the answer is no. So stop. But Instagram, I don't think there's. You know, it's fun if you're making money off it, if you work there, whatever. But also, just like you're just spending so much time on it. That's none of my business, but I think, you know, people think it's stupid that I like to go to the gym. So whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do with your time. But for me, I just, it was, I never felt good like getting off. And I, I was just like, it would kind of just would make me annoyed. And I'm just, maybe I'm just getting to the age where all these young kids are talking about a bunch of shit that's upsetting me. Maybe I need to start digging into that. Why am I mad about this? <laughs> why? That's my new favorite thing to do. If I get mad about something, I go, hold on a second. Why is this upsetting me? <laughs> right? Like, I like to try to figure that out. But, um, so I released my 100th episode. And I was like, damn, like, I haven't been on Instagram for two weeks. I release a new episode every week. And um, so no one really knows. But, like, I still am getting the same attention to it. And for a long time, I was like, I want to just be off social media for a while for an indefinite amount of time just until i feel like okay i can go back on because mm. i also do train and do fitness stuff and it's good for for my business as right. well but um i'm just like i just remember in terms i think my mental health is my main priority and for that it's like it's not worth it so right now so like i've been like damn like you know i'm not promoting my shit and that's always my thing like my podcast is People don't know that I really think, but people know. They know. 
they know. I wish there was a better way to in, engage that stuff. Um, yeah, you know, if there like, was TV, you could buy it. You could buy commercials. Maybe. Buy a commercial, be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> Put that but, shit on TV. Well, what is it you think that bothers you so much? Is it like, um, you know, people have a shit life, and but for 15 minutes every day, they can take a picture that makes it look like everything's glamorous? I think if that's the way you deal with um, whatever hardship you're going through, that's fine. I don't, that's not what that's not what bothers me. I think a thing that one thing that bothers me about Instagram is just the um, one. I just think there's a lot of performative, like there's performative acts of kindness on there, <laughs> where it's like, hey, look how good I am. I'm volunteering at this place because I'm so good, or like, <laughs> look, or like, look wait everybody's mad about this i'm mad about this too and it's just like this fashionable outrage that's a like the yeah. idea you said like performative like people uh do it like working at a soup kitchen or something and put it on there i kind of look at that like it's a win-win right if that's what got you to do a good thing and it kind of makes you feel good it's like i can ignore that you know if you're doing a good sure, thing sure sure yeah if you're doing a good thing, like, I think that's, that's the thing, right? Like, I think that's cool. It's just still a little bit annoying. For some <laughs> it's reason, very right? annoying. It absolutely just, is annoying. Yeah. There's that. And then there's the stuff that we put so much attention on. Like uh, last week I heard that people, this is the thing. Now I just hear things. Cause now I take every Sunday and I just read like articles to just catch up with what's going on. Like I mm. read the Atlantic and I read like, you know, the times and uh, just other shit like Wall Street Journal. Like, I just like know about other things. Any article that stands out to me, like I'll pop it up. Like, oh, what's going on? I'll catch a BuzzFeed article occasionally. Mm-hmm. Right. But I saw that people were talking about Kim Kardashian's dress at the Met Ga- Gala. Gala? Gala. And, um, and people were just so concerned about it. I personally didn't care. Right, like I was just like, whatever. I don't care. It's an event that I'm never gonna go to. That even if I was invited to it, I probably really still wouldn't even be interested in going to it because it's just not something I'm interested in. I don't do things that I don't want to do. That's a huge thing that I have, and sometimes it's been a problem for me. You know, sometimes that that keeps me closed off. And again, I'm trying to start making that right when I make that left. So maybe I would go to the Met Gala, all right? Because I do like to dress up nice. I know if I I can, Uh but, uh, (laughs) so yeah, I saw this and I'm like, man, there's fucking a war going on. Gas is high. I know people that got to move because the rent's going up all crazy Hmm. and we care about this. This is dumb. (laughs) Like, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you something about Kim Kardashian is she, I respect her so much because she does whatever she wants. People talk about what she does and she doesn't care. She just keeps doing whatever she wants to do. Yeah. So somebody that does what they want to do all the time, did something they wanted it to do and we care about it. Why? Yeah. I think it's crazy. That it's like, she's famous for being famous and yeah. people seem to love that. And it's like, man, more power to you. I think people use it as a distraction, right? It's like for distraction from those things you're talking about, instead of thinking about well, all those things that make me feel uncomfortable, I can, 
either get outraged or get on the bandwagon about how much I love this person's dress or something, you know? Very true. Very true. Very true. I mean, like being famous for being famous is kind of, has been around for a while too, right? Like Paris Hilton was famous for being famous. That's the first one I know of, like being famous for being famous. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like what do they, what do they, what do you do? She wears gloves. (laughs) (laughs) She just wears gloves all the time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, fashionable. Already, we're mad about this, or and again, it's cool to be able to like connect with people and have discussion. But I think when you like get to a point where you can't even make eye contact and be in the same place with people without being awkward because you're so used to dealing with everybody through a screen and a keyboard, that to me just like doesn't really sit well with me. And um, you got people arguing with each other on comments and shit like that. And there's just these threads of people talking shit to each other about whatever it is. And it's like, it's just not something I want to be a part of. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather just like be out connecting with people and talking to them directly and doing things, looking around when I'm walking down the street. You know, I saw this news report of a girl getting struck by a vehicle and I felt like an asshole because the first thing I thought was, well, was she looking at her fucking phone when she was crossing the street? Because I feel like I see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I do too. Like we're in a college town here where I live and man, those kids are like constantly just stepping in the street without even looking up. It's like, dude, if you like, cause I used to, I used to run a lot for like 15 years. And it's like, if I was going to cross the street and I saw a car, I would like make eye contact with the driver before I would cut in front of him. Cause I've almost oh, been yeah. hit way too many times. It's like, it's ridiculous, man. Getting hit by a car is not cool either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine uh, anybody's uh, <laughs> out looking for that kind of adventure. Man, yeah. That's wild. But I was thinking, you know, it's like, I, I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying. Like that's, one of the big reasons I started doing this podcast is to like meet interesting people, like break outside of myself and learn and grow. But like where I met in this little podunk town in Texas, it's like very, um, I mean, I'm basically surrounded. I'm surrounded by the same sort of person. You just like copy and paste them over and over. And just, there's no variety, man. But like New York is supposed to be this big melting pot, right? Of like personalities and nationalities. And, you know, you go a couple of blocks and, you know, it's like you're in a different country, man. So it's like you got a you got a little bit of an advantage up there. Well, to some extent, I mean, you know, if I think about the urban areas, if I think about like metro, like if you're in the middle of the city, which is likely more where people that are not from New York are from, and you kind of get that aspect of like meeting and knowing people from all over the world and from anywhere in the country. Yeah, that's cool. You know. Um, but also, I'm also I grew up around. I tell you what, in the area that I grew up in, the Bronx, there was black, Puerto Rican, Dominican. That's it. And then, like a couple blocks away, you had the 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 uh, the guys from Bangladesh, like in the Middle Eastern guys, and then you had the Chinese, like also not too far. So it was like just this, like, and I didn't know any white kids until I got to high school. Right? Like in real life, I only saw them on TV. <laughs> and, um, and, but they were like, you know, if you're a white kid from the Bronx, you're not like a white kid on TV. You're like, and they're usually Irish Italian kids who are 
like like New Yorkers, big time, you know? And they're not like these kids on TV. So, like, I didn't know any of that until I, like, got into Manhattan and started, like, being in the city and being like, oh, okay, so this is, like, this is the kind of shit you see in the movies and stuff, you know? Like, so, yeah, the, the, the people are attracted to New York that come in. You, you, you can be around them if you end up working somewhere. Right. Where you get to meet, you know what I mean? Where you get to meet a lot of people and you're kind of, like, in the mix you're like in manhattan or somewhere maybe in brooklyn but like if you're from like a place that is like a typically just if you grew up here you were born here and you like you're not really surrounded by that many different types of people you know what i mean so because i know that in the hood that i grew up in they had all kinds of ignorant preconceived notions about people from other places like for a fact you know and it's because you, it's just foreign to you so you can just make stories up about the shit and nobody can <laughs> nobody can come in and go well actually that's not true right mm. so it's like the same thing like if i was to go somewhere like arkansas and be around in a town that was just full of white people and they heard me talking go, wow this guy sounds really intelligent <laughs> you know and it'd be like yeah you know there's more of us but <laughs> we're, we're just not we're not here we're, we're somewhere else um yeah you, you do have an opportunity here to learn a lot about other people and to go oh yeah you're just a person too yeah you know we're all humans yeah, your um... hair texture is different <laughs> that's it <laughs> I ended up, man, like, um, I was I was reading an article one time about um, the least integrated schools uh, are up in New York City, like, up in that area. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, the most integrated are, like, down here in the South. So, it's like, we had, I mean, we didn't have a lot of um, nationalities. There weren't, like, a lot of Asian kids and stuff like that at my school, but it's a pretty decent mix of everything else, you know? So, I don't know, it was just something we grew up with like used to it but yeah i've heard like up there in new york it's like there's a lot of like real segregation up in schools oh yeah there's segregation in schools there's segregation in neighborhoods because somebody moves it's like the first generation of a group moves to a place and then everybody else heard about it so then they start moving there because they know <laughs> that they're there your people are going to be there right like you yeah. feel comfortable around your people so you'll get there and then you'll branch out a little bit. But for the most part, that's just how, like, you know, famously, you go to Washington Heights, a lot of Dominicans. Dominicans live in the Heights. And you just know that. Um, and that's just how it is, right? East Harlem, heavy Puerto Rican area. Puerto Rican flags all over the place. So, and that's what it is, right? And there's parts of Brooklyn, it's just like, you go, Jews everywhere, Jewish people, right? Hasidic Jews in this area, like, it's just like, we all just move. Like, my friend Andy, he was Chinese, and he lived in this complex where everybody in that complex was Chinese. <laughs> and I was like, can anybody else move here? Like, do I have to be Chinese to live <laughs> here? And uh, I thought that was so interesting. And mind you, I was like 12. I still know him. I haven't seen him in a long time. But I just thought that was so interesting. But to me, I was never 
phased or felt uncomfortable. I just kind of was just like, that's crazy how these guys just all decided that this is where we live. Hmm. Who are your, who are your people now? Like my people are thoughtful, introspective, not unlike yourself, uh, curious people, you know, who just want to like, or weirdos or really eccentric people. Like those are my people now. And like, I like, I like finding them everywhere. Man. So like, who are oh, your yeah. people? I like people. My people are people that care about being healthy not necessarily physically, but like mentally and emotionally. Hmm. You know, you ever hear someone complain about their relationship or their relationships with people all the time? And, and never do like, anything about it? And you're like, well, yeah, but you just keep being around these people, so yeah. fuck you, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's, I don't, I don't like to be around people like that. I, I like to be around people who are proactive, about putting themselves in a position that they'd like to be in where, where they can be healthy and pleasant right. to be around. I find that people that are happy with their position in life or working towards being there hmm. are pleasant to be around. You know, I think people that are just like, and you can see right through people that are genuinely, genuinely like happy and genuinely are interested in hearing your story and they're not, you know, self-centered or need to be the center of attention kind of person. They're not selfish. Like you can tell. And I like people, I like talking to people that are just genuine and have values and goals. Mm. People that like, like to do stuff. I like people that are trying to get to the next level like i like that somebody who's reading something why are you reading that <laughs> oh because i want to learn about this people who like to it doesn't matter what it is either like i heard a guy the other day say oh i'm going to this cooking i just started this cooking course i'm going to this thing i was like that's awesome that's cool i love i'm a huge gordon ramsay fan you know <laughs> you know like i uh i think that's really cool like do stuff there's things out there to be done there's communities there's apps for you to go meet people that like stuff that you like so you can have a community you know so yeah i like people that are trying to be better and take care of themselves and care about the well-being of others do you feel like those people because i mean you were saying that like you're a creature of habit you like doing the same things do you feel like surrounding yourself with those people kind of drag you along make you try new things and experience new stuff yeah for sure like 100 percent. thinking about coming from where i grew up and being in this i need to protect whatever i have because i have so little <laughs> and being like oh now these things don't matter as much as these relationships matter to right me. right 100 percent, man right so yeah for yeah sure. I've learned like anything you can acquire, right? Like anything I can buy or be given can instantly be taken away. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's like stuff doesn't matter, right? It's like people. It's like meeting people and um, ideas. Ideas are important. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That oh, kind yeah. Of stuff. Ideas are so important. Like you have, I, I've had people that I've had amazing conversations with that lasted for like maybe five minutes. 
And then I've thought about that conversation for weeks, months after it. And every time I've seen that person afterwards, I'm like, I'll never forget that. And you have no idea. <laughs> right? like, you just don't know. I remember in the, in the movie, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, uh, I don't remember exactly. This is another one of those things where I saw something one time and I'm trying to remember. I saw it in the movie theater. And so it was a long time ago. And there's a scene where Brad Pitt says, you ever have someone come into your life and say something to you and they have no idea the impact it had and you never forgot like you never forgot that they said this thing to you no matter how much time has passed like i think about that all the time i think about that all the time like i can still hear the voices of people that have said things that i think about to me you know well what keeps you when you run into that person what keeps you from telling them that hey man that thing you said to me made a big impact you know i've i feel like sometimes you don't get that opportunity but sometimes you do i don't know what it is maybe i'm waiting for them to do it again (laughs) (laughs) you gotta do do two before i'll tell you about the first one i get it yeah yeah do do it again and then and then i'm like wow um no but crazy yeah I bet you get that, man, because like I'm sure you've worked with like clients like doing the fitness stuff and have made real changes and they've come back to you and said, man, you know, thank you so much. Like like this is change. like my wife is a fitness instructor, too. And um, she had this one lady who had been trying to have a kid for like years and it just it wasn't going to work. And she started going to my wife's class, ended up losing a bunch of weight. And then, you know, biology is crazy thing. All of a sudden she got pregnant. Right. And it was like she was like. I would have never had this kid if like you didn't make your class so engaging and, you know, really encourage me. You know, so it's like, like that is like crazy impactful. You know, like you, I, like I can see it in your face. You know how that feels. So oh, yeah. why not, why not give that to somebody else too? Well, it, I'm sure it probably has happened, right? Like yeah. I'm sure yeah. I've said something to someone and that's, but that's what I was talking about before. Like that's the rewarding part. I used to hear people say shit like I would hear teachers be like, oh, you know, my job is so rewarding because I get to watch these kids. And I used to be like, shut up. You're just saying that. <laughs> You're just saying that because you have to say that. But like, no, I understand now. Right. Yeah. Like that's legit. It's legit. And that's the kind of building people up that those are those are my people. You know, yeah. those are the people that I prefer to surround myself with. I just, you know, sometimes I think like us, us men, right? Like, you know, we've got this armor, we've got this, this person we're supposed to be and it, you know, we can't, because that's like an emotional thing, right? You know, it's like, like that had like this big emotional impact on me. It's like, so, you know, I'm not allowed to tell somebody that, but man, that is like some of the more powerful conversations I've had with people is like, man, what you said really, really affected me. It really changed me. Well, that's why I get like... That's another thing I think I get upset about in terms of like social media and like this fashionable outrage on like it's once we decide that we hate someone um, that we all just hate that person. And it's like, you know, I've done things that people would hate me for, you know, and I've done things where I'm like, I'm so happy that I'm no longer that type of person or I would I would no longer allow myself to do something like that. I've grown, right? So like 
also giving people a giving people an opportunity to be better right like giving people a chance yeah like you can't really be that good if you're not like because what happens when you make a mistake right don't you just expect everyone to go yeah you know but it's you it's like or or are we just gonna all now uh banish you from society now like are you out like you're excommunicated because you made a mistake and we all do it right so i like that i could go from a position to being the villain in somebody's story because i'm Mm. sure i am i could think of people right now that if I could have a conversation with them today, I'd be like, Hey, listen, I was wrong for that. I'm, I'm, I'm re- truly apologize to you because I would never do that or treat you that way right now. You don't deserve that shit. That's not cool. Hmm. Um, you know, give, getting an opportunity to like show that you are better. And not only that, but like pass on, that knowledge. I think some people don't even know that they can be, they can be good. I think people like are just such a product of their environment and choose to be a victim of whatever circumstance that they're in. And they just go, well, fuck it. I got to be bad now. Like, like shit, my dad named me Jafar. Now I got to be the bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Or my mom named me candy. So I got to be a stripper. I get it. Yeah. 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 It's like, no, you could be good. You could be the good Jafar. (laughs) You could be the librarian candy and not the guy. <laughs> you know, you could be an educator. Right. I get it. I get it, man. But, you know, it's like, I, I it makes me wonder, do some people realize, so this is like, I mean, that's where I came from. Like, I didn't, I didn't realize that I could work on myself like I could do it. Like, so I like, I've got a technical background, like, so. I would, even after I got out of school, like I was always educating myself. Like I'd get technical manuals, I'd read, and I'd just be better at my job, right? And uh, always improving. And until I got forced to start doing some of like this uh, executive education stuff, like after I read the first one, like it wasn't like mind blowing the whole thing. But one thing in there stuck with me, and I, I physically changed the way I thought and felt. And I was like, shit, I can actually make me better. Like, why was this such a foreign concept? Like, my whole life, like, if I want to be better at free throws, I'll shoot 100 free throws every day. You know what I mean? Or if I want to get stronger, I'll just work out regularly, you know, or technical. It's like, why did it not occur to me that I could be a better human just by, like, attempting to work on it? So it just seems so crazy that people, I think some people just don't realize you actually can change and be better. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even go into their consciousness. I didn't think I could. It took me a long time. You, you know, we're afraid to suck. You yeah. know, when I quit, when I quit drinking, I was afraid that um, I would be boring or that I wouldn't be invited to stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> is it worth like me? Is it just worth my mental health? Is it worth like we're afraid? I think sometimes the shit that we're afraid of too is just like, it's like fake shit. It's like, what? If you if you decide to work on something and it's going to take you some time because we're so used to instant gratification. Oh, yeah. Right? I ordered a burrito a couple of weeks ago 
and he got here in like 15 minutes. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it would have taken me longer to walk to the place, order the burrito, and get it. <laughs> this is the kind of convenience that we have. Hmm. So when you start trying to do something new and you're not instantly amazing at it, no matter what it is, right? I'm not amazing at getting out of my own way. I'm just not. But I'm tr <laughs> I'm trying. Hmm. Right? Like we don't give ourselves enough credit for trying because there's a lot of people that are not trying. There's a lot of video video type motherfuckers out there <laughs> that are just like okay with just not try making any effort. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hundred percent agree. There's a lot of people that uh and you know, it's like as I as I learn more and I change more and I grow and I get better. I have this problem now where I look at people in my life that I care about and I love and I see them screwing up and I see it. I mean, it is so it's plain as day. You know what I mean? It's like uh -huh. I'm watching a movie and the captions are turned on. Like I know everything that's happening right here and they're so blind to it and they won't ever seek help and they won't ever work on it, you know? And it's like, I'm over here, I'm working on me. And it's like, why can't you work on you? You know what I mean? It's like, I almost, I put expectations on these people around me and it's not fair to them, right? Because shit's all in yeah. my head. It's all in my head. It has nothing to do with them, you know? And so it's tough. Do you find yourself kind of doing that sometimes? I used to be really bad at that. There's, you know, it's the old, you can lead a horse to water, right? And you can't make them drink. I used to be really bad at that. I used to not understand that it was unreasonable for me to expect people to act differently than they normally would or be themselves. Like, well, I'm doing this. How come, like, you see how much this is serving me well? Like, how mm. come you won't just jump on this? Look how good this is. Um, but I also took a while to get here, right? In that same token, like now I could have that thought of nobody told me, yo, Corey, you need to make these changes in your life. I was stubborn. I fought myself. Like I fought myself. I was just in this fucking like this intense arm wrestling match <laughs> with myself where I was just going back and forth, you know? And, um, it took me a while. So watching and, and in, in that period of time, like I would still be doing things slowly trying to like get to where I'm at now. And I would watch other people like, like I got a friend, he gets really mad because he gets up and he goes to the gym and then he goes to work and then he'll sometimes go to the gym again and do some cardio, whatever it is. And he'd be like, my roommate doesn't, doesn't, do shit and I'm like I mean you can't you can't make him is it probably annoying yeah you ever lived with somebody and that person you go bust your ass working you come home and they're just laying across the fucking couch yeah <laughs> of course it's like kind of annoying right why am I always doing something and you're not but this is a different version of like stay in your own lane hmm. and mind your business I love you. I don't need to be in control of what you're doing. 
would it be nice if you got up and started doing something? I'll tell you what, it's unattractive in a lot of ways when you have, and not necessarily in a romantic relationship, but in a friendship, if this is a family member, say if you lived with a brother or like sister and you're busting your ass and all they're doing is smoking weed all day and watching TV, (laughs) you're just like, are you going to fucking do anything? (laughs) It's because like, I care about you. Like, the yeah. cat is more productive than you are. <laughs> and famously, they sleep for like 70% of their lives. So, yeah, it's kind of frustrating to see it every day, to know that you're like, you finally woke up and you finally decided, I'm going to stop being a piece of shit, right? I'm just going to stop. I'm going to start making different choices that are going to, get me to the next level and make me feel better about myself. If I have to be alive, then why wouldn't I spend the time that I am alive feeling good about myself? Everybody's tired all the time. People are tired, we're adults, we work, we're stressed out. If you're awake for more than an hour or so, you're tired, (laughs) Why not be tired, but also you worked out? Maybe why not be tired, but also you went and took a walk and got some sun. Maybe you went and had coffee with a friend. Mm -hmm. But you're just going to be tired from not doing shit? Yeah, there's a lot of people that are (laughs) tired not doing anything (laughs) and just want to complain about how hard everything is. Those are not my people. But there's a lot of them. And if I sat around and got upset, at people that weren't doing shit with their lives, you're able-bodied. You're not doing anything about it. If I sat around and got upset about all the people I know that could be doing more right. from by my standards, mm-hmm. then I'd be fucking exhausted. I wouldn't be able to get anything done, <laughs> you know, because I want you to be better. That's not, I, that doesn't mean I love you. That means I'm kind of trying to control you. I think you're allowed to, do what you want with your time. The way I look at it is, again, if I'm going to be alive, I'm going to make sure that like, you know, they say live life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. What's that look like for you? I'll tell you what, whenever I hurt myself and I'm, I have to lay down or I can't train the way I want to train, it really makes me realize how much I take for granted being able to get up and walk around and not think about what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. You yeah, hate for sure. Something horrible to happen to you that takes you out of the game of life. Um, so I hope that they figure it out, but I can't, I don't have the bandwidth <laughs> to, you know, concern myself that much with people that um, I can only lead by example. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I learned it just, it just drains me. Right. And again, it's my expectations, not theirs. And until they're in a place where they decide they're ready to make a change, they're not going to make a change. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I do, right? Sure. Until they're, you know, it's like um, somebody who's an addict or whatever, right? Until they decide they're ready to change, it doesn't matter how many times you send them to AA or rehab or whatever. Until they're ready, yeah. it's not going to happen. So it's one of those things you just got to kind of learn to let go. But let's bring it up a little bit. Let's bring up the tone right here at the end, man. I want I want to hear about your podcast a little bit more because you have a pretty brilliant podcast. I like to think of it as, I mean, it's called Corey has a podcast. So I like to think of it as 
Corey has shower thoughts because that's kind of you, you. It's like a stream of consciousness. That's like when I'm in the shower, all the weird stuff that I'm thinking about. It's like, man, that's just what comes out of your mouth. But it's way funnier and uh, more insightful uh, than I would probably. So sometimes I'll, I'll be because I've been burning you down here just lately. But I had you you going. I was like brushing my teeth or something, and my wife walked in and it was just laughing she was like who is that and i was like this is the guy i'm gonna talk to in a couple days she's like oh that's cool <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i really appreciate that yeah um i started doing that podcast during the pandemic actually like during uh i mean we are still in the middle of a pandemic right during lockdown and uh it was in the summer of 2020 i just one day was like i'm gonna do this podcast right and I was still on Instagram and I was promoting it a lot and I drew up this logo and everything. And it was just a project that I was really happy to create. And I was super excited. I was like, I'm going to make these episodes quick, 20 minutes. You're in and out of my head. And um, the freedom that I got to have with it was the most fun part because I felt like I wasn't necessarily chained to any ideas that I had. Like if I started talking about like one of my favorite episodes that I did was I rewatched the Titanic and then I immediately did an episode about how I felt about it because I hadn't, <laughs> I've been walking around for years saying I hate that movie. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, that's actually not true. I've just been saying it because it annoys people. <laughs> but um, so things like that, like just like I kind of, I don't know if you would get this from listening to it, but I kind of want to be able to like have an opinion. And then maybe a couple weeks later, have a different opinion about the same thing to let people know you can change your mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can change your mind. You can feel this way. You can verb vocalize how you feel. And now that I, I haven't been on social media, I kind of feel like I'm stranded on some island somewhere and I have access to a radio and I'm just like, Captain Blog. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like talking or whatever for 20 minutes and then I'm done. I think I had to move out of the headspace of from the same approach I had in comedy and improv where I was so nervous and felt like I got to watch what I say or do because people are going to feel like this and or maybe I'm going to sound like I'm not cool or this or that. And I, then eventually I just started being like, fuck it. You know, whatever comes out today comes out today. It's off the top of my head and it's fun because it's my show and I get to have that kind of freedom. So I love being able to share that with everyone. And that's a level of vulnerability that has helped me become uh, more comfortable with, being vulnerable publicly i love it man because it's like it's so smooth and casual it's like i just it's like i'm sitting here bullshit with my friend is what, is what it sounds like you know there's no there's obviously no agenda to it you know what i mean it's not yeah, like yeah. you're like i'm going to talk about these three points you know it's just you just go into the stream of consciousness and i love it i love how it kind of diverges you'll go down a rabbit hole occasionally we'll all uh join you as we go and google something and look it up real quick <laughs> yeah 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 i love doing that yeah yeah it's my thing well we have access to like infinite information right like so if i think about something also it's like it's funny because i could either google it or i could just talk about it like casually like i know what i'm talking about and have no <laughs> idea what it is but if you have this level of confidence when you do it which i also think is funny because um it, it almost can annoy somebody who is an expert in that thing. And you're sitting there talking about it like, you know, but you don't. I love doing that too, you know. But I like to say uh, truth is relative. 
right? It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's true to you is different than uh, than my truth, man. So it's like, yours matters too. You just may be factually a little less accurate here or there, but it's still fun. Like, it's still fun right. to hear people's opinions and thoughts and stuff. Right, man. I appreciate that. So you really just like, were you listening to a lot of podcasts at the time or are you just out of the blues? Like, man, I'm going to do this thing. Well, I had a, I had a podcast a f- couple years back with uh, my good friend Ryan called The Truth Serum. We did uh, we did it for, we did about like 200 and something episodes. And it started out kind of at the height of me in the most toxic time of my life in terms of like relationships, uh, excessive drinking and drug use and partying and, you know, but performing and still kind of functioning and making it to work just on time enough. But like, just, I was in a, I was just at the height of my craziness at the time. And I got together with Ryan and I said, Hey, we should do a podcast or I needed, I wanted to do a podcast. I was looking for someone to do it with. We did it together and it went on for a while, but it started out. We would just record, we would set up in bars. We have a laptop and and one of them snowball uh, blue mics that look like R2D2. Right. And we would just be sitting there sharing the mic and talking and like, people would come up what are you guys doing so it was all noisy because it was in a bar so it sounded like shit and we were <laughs> hammered what we would do is we would meet up on Sundays get hammered and then like enough by our standards to record so by the time you're like five beers and, and a couple shots of JMO deep and then you'll grab your beer for the show <laughs> then we started doing the show and I remember we kind of just like started to get to doing it in the studio so the sound quality got better then we started getting guests and then when i was kind of just starting to get a little low on myself and i think we both and ryan's my buddy i love him to death i think we both kind of like started to grow out of what we were when we started doing the show um and it you know i was thinking about my relationship with him and I felt like I was doing all the promoting and I felt like I wasn't getting enough out of him and I didn't want to ruin our relationship. Like I wanted to like um, protect our friendship. So I was like, we can't keep doing this because this is just upsetting me and it's not fair to you because I'm expecting you to be different than you are. Right. We're just a couple of guys that like to drink and talk shit. And then we did one episode in particular where I said the word cunt like 67 times (laughs) i was just on one to the point where i listened back to it and it was the middle of the afternoon and i think i drank like a case of budweiser at that time because it was on sale Mm. and i was just in the middle of the afternoon talking shit being just hateful and mean for no reason but really the person that I was most upset with was myself. Hmm. And I was just projecting this anger in any direction I could. And I remember listening back to this episode and thinking, you know, what the, like, what is wrong with you? Why can't you just admit that you have a problem? And why can't you 
like, and why aren't you doing anything about it? Hmm. And Ryan, Ryan actually said to me, I don't think I've actually ever told this story to anyone. Ryan said to me that he felt like, it's like, yo, this shit just wasn't good. Like it just didn't seem, I think from what I gathered from it, cause it was a while ago now, I think he felt like it just didn't seem like us. Like it didn't seem like our brand. Our brand was like fun, like rock and roll, like like Chili Peppers. Can't stop addicted. Like we were just fun, like that kind of yeah. shit. And I and I'm over here just being a drunk, miserable prick. And uh, that was like soon after that, like a couple months afterwards, when I decided to stop doing all the shit I was doing. Um. So we stopped doing that. Then I was just kind of like in this. I don't do a podcast. I'm not performing. I'm not doing anything entertainment wise. I'm being kind of funny on social media, but whatever. Um, but I listened to radio so much as a kid growing up. Like I used to bring my radio in the bathroom with me while I was getting ready to go to school, taking a shower and shit like that. Like I just listened to the radio in the morning. I always loved radio. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. It's just going to be me. I'm a big fan of Bill Burr. I'm a big fan of like, I like Rogan. Bill Burr is my favorite. Um, and I listen to people talk. I love, I love listening to Rocky, Wild Nights, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I just said, fuck it one day. And I put him, I pulled my mic out and sat down and just talked for 20 minutes. And, you know, now I've done 101 episodes, you know, the episode comes out tomorrow and consistently. And I'm really happy about it. I mean, I've and I've recently gone through some really tough times. Um, and even so, like, I'll still turn that mic on and give the people what they want, or at least in my mind. <laughs> hmm. And what's the what is it that the people want? You think? I think the people want to. I think there's a certain level of comfort that you can feel. You ever go somewhere and like you're in a room full of people and somebody starts somebody just shares something personal about themselves and you're like, oh shit, this is like a safe space. Like you you can say you can say that? Yeah. I feel like I do that. Like I feel like I I'm like, you know what? Last week I uh wasn't proud of myself for this, but I assaulted someone. <laughs> you know, like or whatever. That's a joke. But like <laughs> if, if you yeah. if you can be just open and honest. I think it makes people feel like they can also be open and honest. Yeah. Well, I think there's kind of this unwritten social contract, right? Like if I share something with you, then you reciprocate, you give me something back. And you know, the more personal it is, the, you know, the higher the stakes are for that reciprocation. That's I, I totally get it. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I like it. I like, um, I don't know, man. It's like, no matter, so like Rocky, like you mentioned Rocky, like her podcast, and this is no knock to her format, but my favorite part is the beginning where it's just her talking. You know, she gives I the love Rocky, that part. That's the my Rocky, favorite part, the Rocky Rundown. Rocky Rundown. Squad. And when she says Party God Squad, I'm like, she's talking about me. That's me. Yeah. I'm part of the, yeah. No, man. I it's, love it's like, that. That's my favorite part. And so your podcast is just my favorite part. You know what I mean? Where you're like talking to me, you tell me a story and stuff. And it kind of doesn't matter what's going on in my life, in my day. Um, there's a little window where I can just, I don't know, kind of chill. And I go into like this space where I'm just 
listening to you, you know, just one of my one of my friends tell me a story about something and uh, always funny. Sometimes uh, sometimes you get a little deep, which I, I love. I'm not a small talk kind of person. I think you could probably tell. Like I like yeah, big yeah, talk, no. you know what I mean? So For sure. I dig it. Like the format like super works. And when you say give the people what they want, I was just curious like if you if you actually knew the parts that you were given. I mean, that's the trick, right? It's like you create art and you can't tell anybody how to enjoy it. Right, like everybody's gonna enjoy right. it in a different way, right, man? So it's like, hundred percent. I was just curious if you really knew how people enjoyed your stuff, and for me, it's yeah, it's like I get connection with another human. Like I, I, I know it's weird because I was a stranger coming in here, but I've already felt like I kind of knew you a little bit. Uh, which I'm sure when you meet people in real life, it's weird that they, yeah. they're like they're like, hey, what's up, man? It's take it's funny because it's taken me a while to appreciate and understand that like as the as the artist in general like you you create this thing and then you put it out there and people are allowed to feel however they want about it and they're not going to necessarily take what you want them to take right from it so yeah it's like that's a thing that you kind of gotta be okay i got this alarm going off hold on a quick second yeah, no worries, no. all right this is gonna be in the podcast just so you know <laughs> All right, I'm here. I'm back. All right, it just sounds like good. It's like this doorbell alarm that I got that goes off every Sunday. It was driving me nuts. Um, anyway, yeah, people are gonna take whatever they want. So I've I've found myself having to like be like, hey, listen, you can't be frustrated about the way people respond to this thing. You have no control over that. So shut up, because the fact that they're even listening is cool. Right. Yeah. Like, or, uh, to me, like we were talking earlier about like the idea of editing it. And it's hard to do that because you don't know what somebody's going to like, you know, you don't know what they're going to connect with. And so if you pull something out, I mean, you may have, uh, you may have pulled their favorite piece out. So it's, it's tough to do that sort of thing. So I like, I like that you don't, you just put it out there in the world, man. You, uh, you birth it and then you, uh, send it out in the world to do its work. Yeah. I dig it, man. Well, I try and be super respectful of people's time. I've already eaten three more minutes than I said I was going to of yours, man. So um, right here is usually the part where I say, Hey, if people want to connect to you out in the, out in the internet, uh, how would you have them do that? Obviously you're, uh, you're on social media constantly. So that's probably the best place, right? (laughs) Well, if you guys want to check out my podcast, it's called, it's called Corey has a podcast and it is on, multiple platforms like every place that podcasts are found and um that's a good place to find me right now i do have a fitness instagram it's called what's the body looking like um (laughs) but otherwise my other instagram is not up and running at the moment all right man what's the body looking looking like looking like with looking without a g what's the body looking like but everything is spelled right all right, man, I'll find you. I'll put it in the uh, in the notes and stuff. Well, man, I'll tell you what, bud. It has been a blast getting to uh, first listen to your podcast and then second actually like getting to talk to you, man. You are like so open, honest, vulnerable. If I can, I can be as bold as to say that, man. So um, a little better every day is what it kind of sounds like you're doing, man. And I, I really dig that. That resonates with me and I... I always gravitate towards people doing that. So I appreciate you 
putting it out there in the universe so other people can uh, grow along with you, man. Absolutely, man. And thank you for having me. I love what you do here. And I think it's a great idea to be where you are and reaching out and connecting to people from all over the place. That is awesome. So keep that up. <laughs> do, it's doing more for me than it is anybody else. So that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to stick a fork in it. Let me, uh, let me stick. Stop.